0: Listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins
1: Colossus.
0: And welcome to episode 81 of the Testudo Times Podcast, where North Carolina podcasts don't advocate for us being shut down. I uh, got a couple of people here to guide us through a lot of small bits of news that have happened over the past two weeks. First of all, hello, Thomas. How's it going? Well, I mean, we're recording this in the intermission, the third intermission of uh, Caps and Leafs in the playoffs. So we're trying to get this done before the inevitable happens.
1: Yep. And uh, so yeah, if you hear a really playoff, bad caps, edit,
0: if you if you hear a really bad edit in this show, you now know why. And thankfully, uh, we contacted Maryland uh, authorities, and we found Jared Goldstein in the dining hall eating dinner when he was supposed to be recording a podcast.
2: Hi, yeah, my bad. Sorry. If it makes
0: you feel any I better, need- I fell asleep last night when we were supposed to record, so there you go. We all make mistakes. Yeah. We all make mistakes. So there is a ton of small things that we have to get to, lots of stuff that have happened over the past two weeks and we're going to get to hit all of them. And we'll start, Thomas, with the surprising transfer of Destiny Slocum out of the Maryland women's program. She figured to become the face of Maryland women's basketball, maybe the most front-facing athlete at Maryland, and then this happens out of nowhere. We've had a few days and weeks to let this news settle. Uh, So now, what are the reaction to it now that it's not quite as raw?
1: Um, I still think the reaction is kind of surprised. Um, we still, you know, be, I don't know when we'll figure out where she goes next. Um, and I don't know. I, th- I think we can probably draw some extra conclusions based on wherever that is. Um, you know, she's she hasn't, you know, gone out and talked to a lot of people about it. Um, so we'll, we'll never, it'll be a while before we get. The, the real story behind it. Um, I mean, for sure, it does put Maryland in a really tough spot because um, with, obviously, Bree Jones and Chitori Walker-Kimbrough gone, now Slocum, the, the team is way more, not only not not as, you know, obviously they lost who they thought was going to be their best player, but they lost some depth with uh, Kai Gillespie and Jenna Stady transferring. So now they have only 10 scholarship players, and most of them are pretty much unproven at this level. So it's going to be a very much a rebuilding team.
0: Now they are. Uh, I don't think transfers are as prevalent in the women's game. I guess they are.
1: There are there are quite a few.
0: So, I mean, they, they could do a Mark Turgeon and try to get somebody into paper over the cracks. And Brenda Freeze is a good recruiter, and she now has the chance to really... Ramp it up again for 2018, but this is a big setback for this program that had been totally dominant since it joined the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I still think you know they'll they'll figure out a way to, you know, make some noise in the Big Ten. But you know their ceiling is just way lower now than it was for a long time, and it's a shame because now like it was announced you know today as we're recording this that uh, South Carolina is going to come to College Park to start the season. Defending national champs, of course, uh, with Asia Wilson still aboard, most outstanding player of the final four. So I mean, that's going to be a big game, but you know Maryland just won't have the uh, star power to be expected to hang with them.
0: Mm -hmm. And they play UConn again, and that's on the road. Yeah, it's it's not. And UConn is the Death Star next year, so absolutely doesn't look like it's going to be that much fun. So this year's
1: team. Plus the best recruiting class, plus transfers.
0: Yeah, plus we lost motivation. That too. So it's a bit of a surprise, and obviously we'll tell you when we know where Destiny Slocum ends up. But we should talk about another Maryland basketball transfer, this time with the men. And this one, Jared, is not a huge surprise. But after Maryland lost out uh, to Micah Thomas, and now they lose Jalen Brantley... There are more roster questions than ever about next season, although, as I said, I think this Brantley transfer was at least somewhat plausible. Thomas has came out of nowhere, but Brantley, you could have seen that happening.
2: Um, yeah, I was kind of blindsided by this, to be, to be honest with you. I thought of any of the remaining guards or you know guys who could play the three, um, would have transferred. It would have been either Dion Wiley or Jared Nickens. Um, but for Brantley to go kind of caught me by surprise. Um, I guess looking at it from his perspective, I sort of understand uh, you have Cowan only being a sophomore um, and Daryl Morcel coming in with Kevin Herter having the ability to also play at the one and the two if necessary. Um, and then... You know, you have a guy like Dion Wiley who is supposed to be this kind of uber-talented player who's just been hurt, who's coming uh, another year off of an injury, who may be, you know, another year closer to returning to or, or to fulfilling his potential. Um, so, you know, for, for one more year, um, I guess it kind of makes sense for, for him to look for where he can play the most. And I guess in his opinion and, you know, maybe... Uh, in the the behind the scenes opinion of the coaches, you know maybe Maryland wasn't the place for him to get the most amount of playing time next season. So, you know all we can really do is speculate. We don't we don't know for sure, but I was certainly surprised by that.
0: I don't think I was as surprised as you were. I, I mentioned on a previous podcast that Brantley transferring was certainly a possibility because of his uh, academic status. He's graduating in May, so he can play next year as a grad transfer and get the playing time. Doesn't presumably have a fr- uh, fruitful career in the pros ahead, Thomas. But now I think the loss of Brantley means that Maryland's best proven depth option is now gone. And they still have plenty of talent at guard. Uh, but there is a bit of a concern now that not just the front court depth, which was a worry for a while. Now overall depth for next year's team is becoming a bit of a problem.
1: Um, For sure. And you know that they will definitely use; they'll they'll definitely fill at least one or two of those uh, three open scholarships right now. I'm pretty sure. Um, so I mean, we'll we'll make those judgments then. I think without you know, Brantley was probably their most known quantity, at least in the backcourt. Um, Cowan, obviously, we know how good he is. We don't know how good he can be. So other than other than really Cowan, you know, there's. You know, there was Brantley, Daryl Morsell, an incoming freshman, Dion Wiley, who's been injured for two years, really. Um, so he, w- he would have be- had a pretty good role. But I guess, um, you know, he decided that it wasn't the best fit, which is sensible, but, you know, you, you do hate to see a guy decide he doesn't want to finish his career with the Terps.
0: It's a bit interesting because it's the first time we've seen, I think, a more, like, large-scale, you know, factors of departure that wasn't just graduation and going to the NBA. You know, last year, all of the departures were expected. This year, there's been more unexpected departures, which is, we thought for a while that those kinds of things had stopped for Maryland, but they're picking back up again uh, with just the where the program is at this point and where the roster is at this point. And uh, Thomas, let's talk about transfers. We posted a huge thing about all the possible transfers for Maryland on our website, and there was a former Duke player uh, that was apparently in College Park talking with the coaches. Talk a little bit more he about that. He will be that. Monday. He will be mo- next Monday. Okay, yeah, close enough. So talk about what he uh, his prospects are and then what Maryland's prospects are overall in the grad transfer market, which is probably where they're going to get the most likely roster fill-ins from.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so Sean Obie is very much not a known quantity at all. You know, he did not play for Duke last season because their front court was stacked with one-and-done talent, veteran talent. Um, so he got kind of stuck there. Um, he played 10 games the season before, and he played at Rice before that. So he's, he's very much kind of an unproven. Um, he, is, he is a big man, so he would probably be, if nothing, you know, at the very least a, a solid role player. Maryland um it would be i think more importantly it would be nice if he wore number 1 that way he would be OB1 and oh
0: god oh god yeah i agree <laughs> well you agree about the pun at the very least i don't know about yeah. the player itself it, i mean it's another unknown won. quantity and Maryland next year is going to be a lot of unknown quantities in many I ways think
1: i I will say if the only addition from the current roster for next season is Sean Obi, I think, you know, Maryland fans have a right to be a little disappointed in that.
0: Yes. Do you think that it would just be more than him?
1: It should I mean, I imagine yes. it would be now that now that, you know, Brantley's gone, they'll probably go after a guard either in the you know, there are still a few recruits out there. Um, you know, we're just gonna throw around MJ Walker's name again. And there's still some other grad transfers on the market and some are still gonna hit the market. So They'll they'll definitely be looking to add players for the next probably, you know, month or even two months.
0: We know that Mark Turgeon can pull recruiting surprises out of his hat. That was the whole story last year. So if he does it again, I don't think anybody is going to be surprised if such a thing occurs. Now we move on from basketball. Again, this is the podcast of lots of bits of small news. And although this isn't small news, anytime. Maryland could successfully recruit a quarterback Jared it's not small news but in the grand scheme of things he's not coming until next year obviously and the likelihood he plays any point in the relatively near future is still small but it's another recruiting win for DJ Durkin and Walt Bell and we like talking about those here
2: I love talking about it You are fully on the D-D-R- bandwagon uh, Oh I'm I've been on the bandwagon since de- since December 2nd when Whenever DJ Durkin was hired, 2015. Um, but essentially, with Tyler Desu, uh Maryland has ensured now that that they'll at least have some kind of um, competent quarterback play. You know, so long as everyone plays, you know, to their to their potential um, through basically. 2022 I think at the earliest um assuming everyone stays four years uh so you know for 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 a school that has had uh, a linebacker play quarterback in the last five years Uh... uh, oh like for for a school like that and, and who who led the nation in interceptions what was that two years ago now I tried to suppress that from my memory um it's very it's very important to have that quarterback recruit that blue chip quarterback as a part of your class, um, and you know I don't want to go on and on about recruiting because I'll turn a you know fifteen minute podcast into a two hour podcast. But oh, we know you the, like that. So yeah, the the I'll just say quickly that the school that Tyler D'Souza comes from, Bishop Sullivan, um, is almost as important as the fact that he is a four-star quarterback bishop sullivan is uh, essentially equivalent to dematha um, in the wcac uh, is what bishop sullivan is essentially in virginia beach uh, the talent that comes out of that school every year is incredible and maryland was lucky enough to sign three guys from there last year um, and they got to in this class Coming in, and there are more coming. You know, there are more, there are more recruits available in that school for the foreseeable future. So, um, you know, DJ Durkin and his staff are doing an incredible job getting down into the Virginia Beach area, and you can credit uh, wider receivers coach Chris Beatty for that. Yes,
0: Virginia Beach is not the D.M.V., but the way that they're recruiting it, it might as well be. Well, it's in the area, so I guess uh, district. It's, DMV, and Plus. Virginia. Yeah, that's it's DMV, D.M.V. Plus. D.M.V. Plus. That's Dmv plus plus, but it's always good to see them recruiting well and well. Dessou probably doesn't figure to play immediately. Another four star quarterback is never a bad thing for Maryland to have because angry Maryland quarterback hating God, and uh, Maryland has an angry quarterback hating God as we have seen in past years. Thomas, there was one other very I don't want to say minor. Anytime that player commits to Maryland, it's not minor. But there was a linebacker that committed to Maryland. I think it was today. Of course, we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, three star. Tell us a little about him before we move on.
1: Well, uh, Niami Anderson, I believe, um, a three star from Jersey. Um, he visited Maryland this week, so I mean the his commitment now came kind of by surprise. Um, but you know, it, it was known that Maryland was kind of in the picture for him. Um, he looks pretty filled out already. He's I think six two or six three and almost two thirty. Um, the the pictures he uploaded to Twitter of him at his visit, you know, he he looks very very buff. So that's never a bad thing. I I don't know where he'll, you know, how he'll fit into the picture immediately, but it's it's a pretty good get I think.
0: Well, immediately of course being 2018, but <laughs> you know, yeah. still a lot to worry about there. And your Caleb Henderson piece was finally posted. You hinted at it yeah. on the last show, so you now can talk about it a bit more if you want.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. I mean, you know, Caleb was a year ahead of me at Braddock. Um, you know, I knew him so a little bit. Be,
0: so that would be he went. He graduated in 2014. Yes. He graduated in 2015. So if Correct. this was still conventional years, so tell us a little more about Henderson now that we're actually going to see him on a football field. And that football field is going to be in, well, I mean, eight days.
1: Yeah, um, so I mean, he at 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 Braddock, I you know the the way I put it was he played like a fullback who had the best arm in the region, um, and he was actually the second best player in Nova in 2014. And Deshaun Hand, you know, it was like a top five prospect in the nation. Was the only guy ahead of him. Um, so he was he was a big deal in high school. Went to UNC. Got kind of stuck behind uh, Marquise Williams and Mitch Trubisky. Which happens, um, you know, being a college quarterback's weird. You know, came to Maryland uh, for playing time reasons and for family reasons. And um, after sitting out, now he's now he's in a really good spot. And all the you know all the coaches and players have good things to say about him. Um, he's doing pretty well in practice, taking the first team reps. Um, I think definitely just seeing him on the spring game should give fans a pretty good idea of what they're looking at.
0: By the way, how much eligibility does he have left? I think it's he he two be- years. It's two years. Okay, uh, sure. that's what I—that's what I thought it was. But I needed to confirm because obviously you're our Caleb Henderson expert. You are going to get the most exclusive interviews with him next year when we need them the most. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean you're going to be our inside source there, Thomas. So be proud of that. Uh, that is your football news, of course. I don't know if we'll do another show before the spring game, but when if we do a show. Not before then, but after then, most certainly we'll have a very, very advanced discussion on the spring game of what we saw, as you you often do. Uh, There's a bit of, I guess, non-sports, Maryland sports news, I guess I could say. Thomas, this was a weird one, and it came out on Tuesday. Uh, Wallace Lowe, who is normally a very quiet man when it comes to sports matters, except when they're talking about the Big Ten, uh, came out and said North Carolina should get the death penalty. So even though Maryland is now in the Big Ten, we still hate things from North Carolina, and it doesn't matter whether you came from Iowa or not.
1: Yeah, um, this you is know, it, strange.
0: It, I don't even remember what caused the comment to be made in the first place. Well, it
1: seemed, I don't remember the context of it, but my recollection is, you know, he he was talk, you know, he he got on the topic of, you know, the UNC issue, and he said, you know, he would think, you know, they'll get you know, death penalty or something. And I don't think that's how I mean obviously they, they almost certainly won't get it. Of course um, not.
0: It's how it's how a Maryland hardcore fan would think is what it would be.
1: Yeah, I don't think he thinks they I don't think he's like totally rooting for it. I you know I don't know.
2: I but, think, I think but he yeah, it, it was that very they
0: should. In a just and fair world they should, but in the world that we actually live in they won't. That might be what they're talking that, about.
1: That's not unreasonable. Um, yeah. But again, anyway. he, is a,
0: he is a man that is not very active in terms of making comments like that in terms of sports matters. He's a very active president when it comes to all sorts of things. But sports-related issues, when it wasn't dealing with the conference move, he's been a very quiet man on that front. He's not been very public-facing. I mean, you see him in yeah. games. But so mm-hmm. this this is a bit out of character for him, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't. Th- I think this is you know kind of more because the UNC issue is one of the issues that kind of goes beyond sports. You know that that's a more you know sort of university issue, and th- I mean that that's sort of his issue. I mean the that's what it, that's why. It, so it is kind of weird that he mentioned the death penalty because you know that's a sports thing, but but the UNC situation is one that isn't just on the field so of course not. Um, it's not it's not totally surprising that you know he he ended up saying something about it I will say that this has been a pretty good month for Wallace low content on our site because he made an April Fool's joke one time yes about, uh, how the basketball place is going to be renamed the Mellow Shatori Brianna Center I don't remember the order but, oh, but that yeah. was a tweet that we turned into a story because we could
0: Yes, we could. That's what you do to generate content on the internet, folks. Uh, Jared, again, Wallace Low making these statements, I mean, for us, it's great because it's content. And for Maryland fans, it gives us a little bit of a chance to go back to the ACC days where we hated everything from North Carolina. But in terms of, I guess, school presidents and to a lesser extent athletic directors, they're not going to make comments like these. And if you were going to think of one that would make a comment like this, Wallace Lowe is not the first man that would come to mind, right?
2: No. Uh, no, he's not. Um, this isn't the first time he's kind of dipped his toe in the pool of uh, making sports comments recently. Um, I think it was in the fall. Uh, we fire, uh, Maryland fired Randy Edsel. He name-dropped Chip Kelly.
0: Well, that was two seasons ago, of course.
2: Yeah, so um, I guess in the grand scheme of things, that's still semi-recently. Um, but no, he's not the kind of guy you'd think uh, would would hop into a conversation like this. But like, but like Thomas said, you know, this this goes beyond sports. You know, this has to do with academic fraud, allegedly. Um, So, you know, this is – it's something where, you know, maybe because of that, he is a little more qualified to speak on the matter. I don't know – you know, I assume he didn't just bring it up himself. I'm sure he was asked about it. But, no, it definitely reminds me of, you know, my childhood growing up as a hater of all things North Carolina. So – you know, and not that that went away, but brought back some memories.
0: It does not go away. Uh, continuing our theme of small bits of news that have piled up aggressively over the last couple of weeks, Thomas, uh, tonight was the WNBA draft, and the two Maryland players, Story Walker-Kimbrough and Bree Jones, who we just mentioned before, got drafted in the top ten, which is good. I don't know the teams they got drafted by because I don't remember all of the teams in the WNBA, which I guess I should learn about, but... Uh, little about those two moves and the potential for a good future for those legends of this program.
1: Yeah. Well, um, the WNBA teams that you need to now wear the names of, um, are the Washington mystics, which is a good thing because they play in the, the DC version of Washington. So they are the local team really for college park. And Shatori gets to just kind of drive 15 miles. gets you know, at the arena now. So, uh, you know, a very good situation for her. Good situation, I think, for Bree. Um, the Connecticut Sun won't be quite as good this year, but they actually have uh, two former Maryland players on the team, Lynetta Kaiser and Alyssa Thomas, who is Maryland's all-time leading scorer and rebounder, who played with Jones for one season when they made the Final Four in 2014. So pretty good landing spot for both uh, both of these players. So it's, that's exciting
0: Yes, it is. And it's always good to see Maryland players in any sport drafted in the top 10. You don't see that every day. When was the last no. time that did happen? I'm trying to think. In any sport,
2: um, Maryland Len, football Len. draft pick yeah. since 2009.
0: Well, it would have been Alex Len whenever he was drafted. What was that? 2013. Well,
1: football's, football's been 09. Basketball was, yeah, that was 2013. That's 2013 draft was so bad.
0: Oh yeah, Al- Alex Len not not having the best of times with the Phoenix Suns, but he's a Turp, so every we lottery give him some slack.
1: that draft has been kind of disappointing.
0: Well, uh, except if, if you're...
1: was in the lottery, I don't remember.
0: I think he probably was, but that's I a topic was... for another podcast. Okay. Yeah, a topic for another podcast. Quickly, I do want to mention that the Testudo Times Bracket Challenge has, of course, been well over since it's been ten days, eleven days since the national championship game, and Connor R. With his chalky bracket, naturally chalk wins out this year. 44 correct picks and 140 points wins the bracket challenge. To North Carolina, I ended up finishing like 43rd, and I was all the way down until North Carolina saved me. The only time that I ever picked the national champion right is when North Carolina ends up winning. So, unfortunately, that might be a theme for future predictions of mine, which will probably anger Maryland fans in some parts of the fandom. Maybe our comment well, section, they, I don't know. Well, when
1: they get the death penalty, you won't get to pick Ah,
0: them. that's true. When they get the death penalty, I won't have to deal with that.
2: it's absolutely You can just right. pick Maryland. Good.
0: Yeah, you can pick Maryland to win the title next year if they don't make the tournament, which is now suddenly more likely than it was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, well. Guess that happens. Yeah, so congratulations to Connor uh, in our second ever Testudo Times Bracket Challenge. And once again, so many people actually beat the writers of this website. That isn't a shock by any yeah, stretch Yeah, we don't. Of the we don't talk
1: about our brackets here. My bracket was bad.
0: Well, Jared's was really bad, and yours apparently wasn't much, but good either. Mine wasn't My really
2: to boot. great, and I'm proud of it.
0: Uh, you, you could keep on drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, not you. Don't have really much of anybody supporting you here, regardless of this. Uh, let's uh, let's move on. On you guys then. I n- no, Jared. <laughs> it's it's on you. Uh, let's move on to some of the non-rev sports, because there has been a non-rev action recently. Uh, in other teams, in all sports, when it's good that Maryland beats Thomas, uh, the then undefeated and number one ranked, uh, Penn State lacrosse team came into Maryland and lost. Penn State is becoming the new sort of UNC Duke in that you want to see them lose at everything possible, and, uh, Maryland beat them. That's always good.
1: It is. Yes.
0: Go on about the game, because... Oh, every of us is watched that it? what you want me to do? <laughs> yes, I do want you to go on about the game.
1: I mean, okay. A little so, bit. I mean, yeah, well, 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 uh, you know, it was senior day, um, because, uh, John Tillman, for whatever reason, likes to have his senior day in the next to the last game. I noticed um, that so, last year. Yeah. So, yeah. So it ends up being his senior day was against the number one team in the country. And, you know, I mean, I think, Penn State, I don't want to say they didn't deserve number one, but most people seem to kind of agree they probably weren't the very best team. Um, but at the time they were undefeated, had enough, enough quality to that undefeated record that you, know, you hand it to them. A lot of number one teams have lost all season. Uh, Maryland was one of them um, when they were the co-number one way back when. So now they're back up to number three, uh, and they beat Albany actually uh, this week by one goal. Yeah, I did see that was
0: a game that was postponed by um, snow. I think it was or cold.
1: That, or yeah, the well, the the day that it was canceled, it was just twenty degrees in Albany. Yeah, true. With a wind chill of like five, and you yeah. you don't play lacrosse in that.
0: Not when everybody's wearing shorts. Correct. That doesn't really happen, uh, Jared. There were other non-Rev things happening. Uh, the Maryland women in lacrosse continued to do what they always do, which is win. Not a bad thing. Yeah, they're uh, – they
2: would be my vote for uh, the best team on campus. They're basically unstoppable, it seems, this year. Uh, they had a not-so-great game, I think it was last week, against Virginia, uh, and they still ended up winning by a handful of goals. So, you know, it seems like even when they don't play – that well they still find ways to win which is what you look for in uh uh, in championship caliber teams so you know until some team can upset them if that can happen um or until they go up against you know the number two team whoever that is at the time um you know I, i don't see you know any reason this team shouldn't make a deep run through the NCAA tournament again.
0: I can absolutely see that happening, as the same goes with the men. Uh, The season's getting close to being over, though. Of course, uh, how it works with the game a week and the conference tournaments, they are sooner than you think they are. That's the other thing that comes across pretty quickly. Lacrosse, they don't play as many games as you think they'd play if you were a newbie to the sport, but most of you probably aren't. Uh, Baseball things, Thomas, I think, what was it, they... I was either one, two, or three, or lost two or three against Nebraska. I can't quite remember.
1: They lost Jewish two or three. All. Yeah, they lost two out of three at Nebraska, and they split uh, midweek action. Uh, they've had kind of a tough time figuring out what the hell to do with midweek games because they have three solid starters for weekends, and beyond that, uh, no one's really stepped up to be a good midweek starter. And um, they actually pitched, uh, I believe Brian Schaefer, um, who's their ace um, against West Virginia. And they came back to win that game and they couldn't come back to win at George Mason. So uh, they're sitting at one and one sitting at, I think um, six and three in the big 10. So Penn state's coming this weekend. They, they're, Maryland should win at least two out of that series. Uh, keep keep the momentum going.
0: Yes. Uh, softball is it still softball?
1: <laughs> it won a game.
0: It won a game. That that's good.
1: That's all I'm gonna say.
0: Uh, you 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 had some personal experience with softball in past years, so I think you take it a little bit more personally that they're not playing very well.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it, there's they're tr- they're trying to build something up, and it's you know th- when. When you have to build something almost from scratch, it takes a while, yeah. And especially in a sport where we where you can't piece together a good recruiting class, you know, quickly.
0: I guess so. That that that's always the thing with
1: you just can't because in softball. softball, ninth and tenth grade.
0: It, it's it's a weirder sport, I guess, in that regard. Uh, yeah. Did we miss anything? Because I think we got all of the major stories covered.
1: Maryland now has the best Justin Jackson in college basketball. Yeah, they do,
0: now that the other one is now in the NBA. You're right.
1: We miss anything else? I don't really think so. Crumb's the rally score. Yes. He, like, yeah, he runs just randomly on the field and then they go on rallies. It's hilarious.
0: Really? I mean, we had the rally. What? We had the rally monkey with the Angels. What other stupid rally things do we have in baseball? a rally squirrel. I mean, the Cardinals had a squirrel. You remember that?
1: Yeah. Although the I will Cardinals had a squirrel.
0: Yeah. That was that happened a few years ago. I mean, you missed,
1: ago. you missed the every single team in history that has rally caps.
0: Yeah, but that's at least common. Using animals or wild animals is a different one. I mean, the Marlins had a cat come out of that hideous home run sculpture. Rally
1: yeah, a cat. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it was just chilling in the outfield and there's, there's a phrase that apparently cats like to use, if it fits, I sit. And uh, someone, yeah, he fit in the home run sculpture. So stuff. does that but, uh, does that
0: work for the squirrel at uh, Chipley Field?
1: I don't know exactly uh, what his... Um, he has to have a name by what now, is, doesn't what he? Is, what is, oh, it's it's Crumbs. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been a friend of a lot of, like, they've known him for a couple of years now. Like, he eats Kevin Smith's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's. Jeez yeah this
0: is this is what this is what we've come down to folks talking about in April. Squirrels yep. eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Maybe we should have just focused on the fact that the caps won a game while we were where we were doing this podcast. Yeah, we could. we We could, but uh, I'll save hockey for something else. I think it's probably best oh. that we we do that. So that is everything. That's all of the major Maryland stories that were all pretty short and concise. Fit in about, I'd say, 33 minutes of podcast. Not too bad. You both did very well. Two straight weeks, uh, weeks, two straight shows where we've had the same exact guests. The next time we come to you will probably be after the spring game, where there will hopefully be more stuff to talk about. Potentially, there will be a Maryland basketball transfer in there as well. I have a feeling you're going to hear about that sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, I, I don't happen to have any inside information on it. Um, but within within the next couple of weeks, I think we'll we'll know a little more.
0: I think there will be more clarity from Mark Turgeon as to what they're going to do, and maybe clarity from Brenda Fries on what she plans to do, because she, she hasn't had many uh, weeks like she had after Maryland exited the tournament against Oregon. I can't remember the last time Maryland the Maryland women had a week of news that was as tough as that one.
1: That was actually a couple weeks later. That was after the uh, Final Four.
0: Uh, which one? Well, the
1: true. yeah, no, the the transfers were after the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, and Slocum you lose had been to named... Oregon.
0: You lose to Oregon, and then that happens. So it's not a good two weeks, I yeah. guess you could say.
1: Yeah. Worth noting that uh, actually, Slocum had been named National Freshman of the Year right before that.
0: Yeah, that that kind of just poured some salt into the wound. Yep. Just the same, there but we all we're move done. on, and we hope for the best for Destiny Slocum wherever she goes. So, good job both of you. Thanks to Jared and Thomas for joining us, and thank you for listening. We will be back with you probably after the spring game where we'll be able to talk about Caleb Henderson actually playing football on a real field. But until then, of course, no Terps.